Hey, good morning on this wonderful Sunday, May 2nd, 2021. Hey, it's Breakfast with the Rev. I think I want to welcome you all for coming. I think that we um, might have to start calling this maybe Brunch with the Rev. <laughs> I kind of get a little bit uh, carried away in the morning. I kind of prepare for the week. And with my busy work schedule, because I have a normal job too, uh, I also... Uh, preparing can be difficult. I have to do it at nighttime, and sometimes I miss things. So Sunday mornings, I like to kind of get in there in the morning early and kind of look things over, and then I get excited because I find new things that I could talk about. But my idea here is to get on like 8 o'clock in the morning to have this ready for you so you can enjoy breakfast on a Sunday morning with the family. But I don't get out. I don't get this out till almost like 10 o'clock every Sunday because of that. So maybe we're going to start to call this bre- uh, brunch with the Rev. <laughs> so, But I want to welcome everyone today for being here with me this morning. I I'm I, I'm astonished. I I praise God. I, I I see the number of people that listen to the podcast. I mean, holy moly, <laughs> it's wonderful. Uh, so many people have uh, wonderful people such as yourselves have commented or said things, and it's just amazing that that we're here. We are that I have like I mean in the in the few short weeks I've been doing this already, like fifty people have listened to my podcast. And the thing that's really neat is that, from my understanding, is the system. The anchor system or the system wherever you're at kind of reads at the, the uh, I guess they call it URLs, uh, um, that identifies you and it doesn't put you up twice. So, if you, so for, in other words, if you listen to the podcast, say you you get out, you listen to it, and then later on you listen to it again because you want to listen to something else, it doesn't read you twice. It actually just reads you as a one-time listener for that for that particular podcast. So it's kind of interesting to note that we've had, you know, 50 people at least have listened to the podcast. I mean, and, and mind you, I mean, I mean, yes, you might be on, you may have been listening from the very beginning, so you could be 10 of those 50. <laughs> I don't know, but but it's just fun. I think it's really cool to to do that. I, I, I would ask you to share this if you can, if you don't mind, with your friends and uh, friends and, and, and family. Uh, anyone can listen. This, this is for anyone. This is for everyone. This is the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's for anyone. It's... it's a friend of mine, she's a wonderful person. I love her. I've grew up with her. You know who you are. I'm not going to say names, but she had emailed me and said, Hey, Matt, you know, can I listen to it? I'm, I'm a Catholic. Of course you can. Of course you can. I love you too. You're, you're a sister in the faith with me. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter if you're Catholic. It doesn't matter if you're Jewish. It doesn't matter if you're Muslim. It doesn't matter. Any of this it doesn't matter if you, if you listen to me and, and, and the Lord leads you to 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 turn your life over to Christ to him you're you're a brother and sister in in the family of Jesus Christ that's what we are we're not we're not a denomination we're not a, a, a religion we're a way of life and we're a family in Christ it, one thing that has proven this last year and a half or I say year and a half haven't been that long but one thing that has proven the last year over a year now is that we don't need to go to a building. It's nice. Yes, we should. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying we shouldn't. It's nice to go to a building. It's nice to be among fellow worshipers. You need that. We need to have that fellowship with our fellow worshipers. That's being seen more and more as this year has gone on. But one thing that's also shown is that we can still worship without a building. We can still worship God. We can worship our Lord Jesus Christ because he is the church. He is the church, not a building. Not some guy like me up here talking to you. Christ is the church. He is the man, okay? And he's who we go to. And we can worship him from our home. If you're sick, if you can't leave the house, you can worship him 
from your home. Okay, You don't have to go to a building to do that. Where one or two are gathered in my name, where two or more, excuse me, are gathered in my name, the Lord says, I am among you. And that also goes to if you're, there, if you're by yourself and you're listening to this podcast, guess what? There's two of us now. And the Lord is among us. Okay? So, today, I want to talk about prayer. I had mentioned in my, in my Why Do I Believe the Bible is Real series, which I hope you're enjoying. I try to make it for me. I, for me, not for you. For me, I have to make it quite simple to understand these things. And I hope that you're getting something out of it. I pray you are. But I want to just quickly say, uh, but but I do want to say today that we're going to talk about prayer today for this brunch with the Rev, <laughs> breakfast with the Rev, brunch with the Rev. Uh, I got my cup of coffee here. I already had my uh, sister-in-law made some banana bread. I had a piece of banana bread and okay, I'm okay. All right. I'm a little fib. I had two pieces of banana bread. Okay. My Lord just convicted me to say I had two pieces of banana bread. And uh, so, but here we are and I've got my coffee and We're going to have some time together, fellowship this morning together for the next hour or so. So I want to start off, well, first of all, I want to start off today with reading something that I saw this morning that really, really had blown me away. This was in, uh, this was in an an article on Fox. It was an article, but it was, and and again, please, just an article on Fox, please. And it was an article from um, Kathy Ireland. And I don't know if those of you that are my age in the 50s, you remember Kathy Ireland. Kathy Ireland was this beautiful woman who was a model for most of her life, but now she's very successful in other areas of retail and things like that. But Kathy Ireland, uh, so I grew up with Kathy Ireland. She was much like Cindy Crawford. These were the models, the supermodels of the day. And I, I never knew this about her. This is fascinating. And I want to read this if I can. Again, this is, this is from Fox, uh, an article they have. But I want to read this because I thought it was really neat. And it says, the article says, Kathy Ireland recalls the moment she wanted to follow Jesus Christ. The experience forever changed my life, she says. Now, this is amazing because I just find it amazing that a news outlet even would even have this on their outlet. I just find that amazing. But, so, let's, let's, this is an exclusive about Kathy Ireland. I just want to read it to you. Please bear with me. I'm going to read it. It's entire. It's not that long, but I think it's just wonderful what she says and, and the testimony that Kathy Ireland gives. At age 18, Kathy Ireland was a lonely and up-and-coming model living in an old French apartment at the end of a dark hallway nicknamed The Dungeon with her housemates. But it was during this time that the now entrepreneur developed a new relationship with God. Now this is Kathy Ireland speaking. She says, I was living in Paris and it was really a hard time. Kathy Ireland, who's now 58 years old, 58 years old. Oh, my goodness. She still looks beautiful. I got news for you. I, uh, Kathy Ireland, who's 58 years old, told Fox News, I know it might sound glamorous, but I was alone modeling. I wasn't, it wasn't my plan, but I recognized it was an opportunity. I could save money for college and start a business. I just barely finished high school and had no technology or distraction. So again, keep in mind. Again, this was this was a time with no technology. This was again. This was back in the eighties. No technology, or anything like that. And she was just out of high school. During one night in 1981, 19, I was 12 years old, mind you, mind you, 12 years old. The former cover girl was going through her suitcase when she discovered that her mom had secretly packed a Bible for her. Kathy again speaking. I didn't even know how to read one. She said. 
I'd never read one before in my life. I opened up the book of Matthew, and as I'm reading in the middle of the night, I knew I was holding the truth in my hands. I think it's wonderful what she said, because this happens to a lot of people. It's not, it's not you know, a lot of us, again, like like Kathy Ireland, we open up a Bible, or we get a Bible, somebody gives us a Bible. And I've done that before with people. I've actually, like, graduations, um, uh, uh, I think babies born, uh, births of babies, things like that. I'll give, I'll give a Bible. I'll give a, either a child Bible, or I'll give a, a, a regular adult Bible to people. And a lot of times people will say to me, I don't know how to read this, or or someone, I've had one complaint one time, one complaint one time with somebody on social media said, and I knew it was directed at me, was why does people have, why do people have to push their religion on people? But that's fine. But again, my point here is, is that, my point was here was that Kathy Ireland found herself in, a, in the same place that I found myself and many other people find themselves. They find a Bible in their hands and they have no idea how to read it. <laughs> but as they start reading it, they realize that this that there's something about this book and and again this is the reason why I believe the Bible is real. It kind of goes back to that. She says I had it in my hands and I knew that what I had in my hands was the truth. That's 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 just fascinating what she's saying, and understandable. There wasn't uh, so this Kathy Island goes on. There wasn't anybody in the room saying be this denomination or that denomination. It was like I want to follow Jesus Christ, and he was nothing like I thought. Isn't that the truth? Isn't that the truth? In my industry, at that time, it was filled with a lot of really sketchy guys, she continues. I was drawn to how powerful Jesus was, how loving and honoring he was of women. It gave me such comfort, and so he became my Lord and Savior, and the experience forever changed my life. How true is that? How true is that? <laughs> As Ireland pursued what would become a successful modeling career, she was trying and failing in business. If something would have taken off earlier... The modeling career wouldn't have gone on for so long, she says. The star admitted that studying the Bible wasn't so simple. However, she was determined to understand its message as her career skyrocketed. Some things I would read and really love, she explained, and other things I would read and say, oh, that must be a typo. We said that last week, didn't we, folks? On my last, while the Bible, while we talked about um, Saul and, and King King Saul and King David and I said these there's things some things in the Bible that we look at and we read and we're like, Oh my goodness, no. And she's saying it and it's happened. She's saying the same thing, oh there must have been something in there. Is that a typo? Doesn't doesn't make any sense. But she continues. Um so again let me let me go back to which again. And 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 other things I would read and say, Oh, that must be a typo. That's a different interpretation or a cultural thing. So she that's what she's saying, you know. Certainly doesn't pertain to me. So I was picking and choosing what I liked and neglecting the rest of it. So again, many of us do this, right? We pick what we want. Sounds good. I'm going to pick the good stuff. Yes, but I don't want to pick the bad stuff. Many churches today do that today. Many churches today talk talk a good game of, of forgiveness. They talk a real good game about how we're, you know, about we, that we are forgiven. And they, they preach, as I always say, they kind of preach Easter Sunday, but they never preach Good Friday and why we are why we're forgiven and what the Lord Jesus Christ did to us. Many churches today, even you'll see it, do not even have a cross even anywhere in their church as not to offend anyone. That's amazing to me, but it's true. So as Kathy Ireland says, I was picking and choosing what I liked and neglecting the rest of it. I was trying to mold God into what I wanted him to be, rather than just surrendering and letting him make me into the person he made me to be. And oh my goodness, he was so patient. Isn't that the truth? He is so patient with us, God. And I know God's patient with me. <laughs> it has to be. <laughs> it, it, I mean, my wife has a patience. You know, my wife has the has the, the patience, as they say, 
I will say that the patience of Solomon, you know, the, my wife has that patience. Well, the Lord God has 2,000 million times patience with me than what she does. I was 44 years old when I finally read the whole Bible. It continues to teach me every day, and that's the truth right there. People, Some people try to say that the Bible every day kind of like God changes his mind every day, and then God says now that this is the way things are going to be, but that's not true. The Bible was written. It, it is what it is. It just, there are new things that you see every day, like, again, some of the things I saw today that that instead of me getting on at 8 o'clock, I got on now at 10 o'clock. I see things differently. Something else gets revealed to me. She, Kathy Island continues, Today I have three children, a husband, and a business, she continues. The message that I just felt pounding was, the, excuse me, the message that I just felt pounding in my heart was, put me first, and I'll give you more time, better time with your kids. So I started to set my alarm for 15 minutes every morning for a quick prayer. Those 10 minutes of prayer and reading turned into an hour and more. It's not a duty. It's a joy. It's my daily bread and water. And on that, and on days that I don't do that, it's not a good idea, she chuckled. Because if I open my mouth to say something, I'll be apologizing before 8 a.m. <laughs> we all have that. We all have that, don't we, though? I'm telling you, we all have, we all have those moments, don't we, though? Ireland says, and her faith in God kept her going when doors were initially slammed in her face as a, as a budding entrepreneur. The gospel is the core of every decision that I make, she says. We're not a Christian company, so she's talking about the company that she has now, which she's now built millions. We have team members from all different backgrounds and different beliefs. I don't force my faith or beliefs on anyone, but I'm not ashamed of them. I love how she says that. I don't force my beliefs on anyone, but I'm not ashamed of my beliefs. Good for her. Good for her. I can't do anything that's going to contradict it. That's the other thing. Can't do anything that's going to contradict my faith. Good for Kathy Ireland. That's that's hard to do in business today. It's hard to do in general. It's hard to do that in life. That you that you not ashamed of what you believe and not ashamed that you're a believer of Jesus Christ, but also also to say, I'm also not going to do something that contradicts what I believe in either. I cannot compromise my faith. I'm just so thankful for God's grace because I have made so many messes in my life and he gives me he gives me us a perspective, an eternal perspective. So you know, so I'm gonna end I'm gonna end with that. I'm gonna end it with that. But isn't that but isn't that the truth? I mean, isn't with isn't with, with Kat Lana saying the truth? Here's a woman that that is is now is very successful, Lord. And I truly believe the Lord's blessed her. I truly believe because she gave up her her life to Christ at a young age. I truly believe that because she was someone who said, as she said in in her in the article, that God said to her, "Trust in me. Give up your life to me. Excuse me, and all will be given to you that you just that you need. You know that you need, not what you desire or you want that, but what you need." And in her case, she says, "Time with her family and her kids and stuff like, and her husband and her and her kids is her thing." So what a wonderful testimony from her. But I want to quickly just say, I want to also say too that her, that her thoughts on prayer too. And as today, we're going to talk about prayer today. And we're going to talk about the importance of prayer. Now, again, I'm going to preface this with the same thing I always do that. Again, I am not, again, I, I am not taken for granted or, or that there's people out here listening right now that are believers in Jesus Christ. And I'm not going to take that for granted that, that you are. So please, I'm going to beg of you, stay with us. Stay with us and, and listen to what we have to say about prayer. Again, for my sake, I have to make things very simple. So I'm going to make it as simple as I can for, for me. <laughs> so that's the way I look at this. I do it in a way that I can make it, that I can that I know that I can understand it. I'm not a very bright guy. 
and I, I joke. I mean, people always say I joke all the time. Well, you know, Matt, you always say you're not the brightest bulb in the pack, but I am. But I am a person who truly and fervently believes in this. I believe in the Lord. I believe in the God's word. I believe in that I am uh, a child of Jesus Christ. And I am. I am. A, I'm. Excuse me. A child of God and a brother, an heir of the Lord Jesus Christ with Him. I truly believe that. So, so I hope that when you listen to these, that you kind of get that feeling from this. Okay, so let's let's go on. Let's go on. So, before we go on again, I want to also say too that I've also said in some of my past podcasts that one of the hardest things for me as a new as as a new Christian, and this is this is to people out there again to maybe someone who doesn't believe right now, or someone that's skeptical or on the fence, or maybe even a new a new person, a new Christian in, in Christ, a new follower of Jesus Christ that just feel like maybe you're not adequately doing something right. And I want I do want to point out that when it, you know that. Prayer, as you heard uh, Kathy Ireland say, you know, and 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 do it this way because we all live a busy life and God knows that. But few things that you can do, again, get up, getting up in the morning, or or whenever you get up, if you can, grab a cup of coffee, and give yourself fifteen minutes in in, in the morning. Give yourself fifteen minutes in the morning to just maybe open up a word, the Word of God, read a passage, open it up anywhere, maybe open up anywhere in the New Testament, read a passage, and then just kind of. Dwell on that passage or pray on that passage. And then at the end, just pray to the Lord that he'll bless you and your family. So give 15 minutes to the Lord in the morning. And that's one way you can do it. Now, as Kathy Ireland says here, and many other people will say that, oh, you know, um, I'm a busy person. Well, that 15 minutes turned into an hour, and now I do an hour a day. That is, not, that, is not a, 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 that is not trying to make anyone feel guilty. That is her experience. My experience is, is, you know, my experience is less, to be honest with you. My experience is that during the week of studying God's Word and doing this podcast and watching other types of things like Kirk Cameron's American Revi- uh, Campfire Revival that just ended, also Pastor Greg Laurie, also Ocean Point, also the England Orthodox Church. I mean, these are things that I, I listen to and these are things that I, I get involved in. And so that's, that's my way of doing things. But we are all busy and God knows that. So, but, but prayer is essential. Prayer is essential in the Christian life because God wants us to have that relationship with him. It's essential. Now, I'm not saying, again, this is not telling you that you need to get on your hands and knees and you need to be on there four hours. You need to get up at three o'clock in the morning and you need to pray until six, seven o'clock before work starts. No, that's not what I'm saying. Again, it's not what I'm saying. Give 15 minutes of your morning to the Lord and I promise you'll be blessed because that will turn into more. It'll turn into more throughout the week or throughout the day, but it will turn into more. And give them another 15 minutes at nighttime before you go to bed. Lay in bed. Just pray. Just pray. Sometimes what I do in the morning, sometimes in the morning, I wake up early in the morning, I'm just laying there in bed, and I just pray. I do my 15 minutes right there in bed, and I pray. That's all you have to do. There's nothing you don't have. And I'm, again, this is, um, these are suggestions. I'm not telling you have to do this to go to heaven or be saved. That's not the tr- that is not true. Okay? Mind you, that is not true. If you believe in Christ and you take him as your Savior, you are saved. Not praying is um, is not going to keep you from going to heaven. However, praying is essential in the follower of Christ's life. It's essential in your life. It really is. Because that constant contact with God is what keeps you going. That's the fellowship that I talked about earlier. That's the fellowship that we're not getting now. But it is the fellowship that we get with God. That we get with the Lord Jesus. That's the fellowship that we get with Him. Okay? Uh, I bought these uh, these glasses they sell. Uh, like at Walmart, I guess you want to say, and it's those kind of, uh, my eyes are getting so bad now. I think I think the Lord has got me. I used to always brag that my eyesight was so perfect that I could see 
anything close up that I can see anything far away. And I think the Lord has said to me, okay, you want to brag about that? You want to brag about something that I gave you? You want to make it sound like you're so perfect with that? Well, now I'm getting older <laughs> and I think he's saying to me, hey, guess what? So now I can't see things that good anymore. My eyesight's terrible. I can't read menus at restaurants anymore. I can't read in low light. It's horrible. There's that commercial. Sometimes you might see it on TV where the two people at the restaurant and the waiter, the waiter looks at them and they're trying to read the menu and the waiter goes, oh, hold on a minute. And he comes back with these big, these big like 10 by 10 or, or 5 by 5 excuse me, cut out of the menu for them to read. And that's kind of where I'm at right now. So I had to buy these um, those glasses they sell, uh, the ones that like magnifying glasses. And I got this, the 3.25, because I figured I want to get the most powerful one they got. Well, that's pretty powerful because when I put these on, I can't see anything unless I get real close to the wording. So I'm going to ask you to bear with me here as, I, as I'm trying to use these here <laughs> because they're really big. They're, they make things really blurry until I get a close-up. So... So let us continue. So I, I want to read also here from uh, from Pastor Greg Laurie. His, uh, I mentioned it before, I, I, I use his New Believers Bible a lot. I like it. a lot of things in there from him. Pastor Laurie has a lot of good stuff that he says. And this is, you know, uh, the, this New Believers Bible, if you go on to harvest.com, you can, you, can, uh, you can actually request a Bible from them. It's a first steps uh, for new Christians uh, Bible. It's really good. I like it. It's a new believer's Bible, but and I know I'm not a new believer, I guess, but I kind of enjoy it. I, I like the Bible. There's a lot of different footnotes from Pastor Laurie in there. And as I said, Pastor Laurie is a man of faith. He's really good, and I really do like him a lot. But what, I want to read in here real quick, if I can, what Pastor Laurie talk, says about prayer and what it is about prayer time. But again, again, this is not something I'm saying to you that you need to do. Uh, that you you know you have to feel guilty about if you're not doing so please again keep that in mind so but I want to say what he says in here in his in this in his Bible that he wrote in here it's on um, so it's called he says prayer time so it says before you become a Christian you may have prayed before before meals on holidays or perhaps during times of crisis as a believer however prayer should become second nature prayer is no longer an option but should become part of all that you do. As you integrate prayer into every aspect of your life, you will not always see your prayers answered the way you would like them to be. When this happens, it is easy to grow discouraged and give up praying. But Jesus implored us to pray and never give up. Luke 18, 1-8. Paul also instructed believers to never stop praying. 1 Thessalonians 5, 7. We're going to touch more on that in a moment. When we fail to pray, we miss out on one of the greatest blessings of the Christian life fellowship with God himself, our power source of living, our power source for living, excuse me. In addition, we are going against what God has instructed us to do. The Bible gives us some perspective on how to experience the power of prayer in our lives. So, you know, and so there are some things here, Pastor Lori says in there, so some of the, uh, the following is a partial list of what should characterize your prayers as a believer. So, Paul, I'm going to talk more about this one. Paul, it says here, pray persistently. And that's Luke chapter 18, verses 1 through 8. Two, pray effectively. And that's in Acts chapter 12, 1 through 17. Three, pray boldly. Hebrews, that's found in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16. And pray for what pleases God. And that can be found in 1 John chapter 5, 14, verses 14 to 15. So again... What Pastor Laura is saying here, what he's saying here about prayer, he's saying that he's saying that that prayer is is something. He says it, you know, he he does say he says, you know, that we are, you know, we are as Christians. And and he says you know, that if, you know, you know, 
Sorry, he says, when we fail to pray, we miss out on one of the greatest blessings of the Christian life, fellowship with God himself, our power source for living. So again, some you some of you might say, well, Matt, you just said to us, you really don't have to worry about doing this all the time, or you don't have to worry, worry about like hours a day praying. And that's still true. But my fact of the matter is, is that prayer is still important in your life. Still prayer is important in your life. What I'm, what I'm trying to say is don't let people bog you down with, you know, as I would say, adding to the gospel by bogging you down and saying, oh, no, no, Matt, you only prayed 15 minutes today? Well, you better pray 30 tomorrow. Oh, you prayed 30? Good for you. Well, it better be an hour. Oh, Matt, you prayed an hour? Well, gee, did you, go to, did you, did you, did you pray two hours? That's what I'm talking about. I'm talking about people that want to make you feel guilty for the length of prayer. And you don't have to feel that way. Again, prayer is important. And just praying is important. Okay? And it is true. God instructed us to pray. Pastor Lloyd's right. God has instructed us to pray. As a matter of fact, we're going to go over that in what they call the Lord's Prayer. Okay? So I want to read that to you real quickly because I wanted to, I wanted to let you know that that's you know, a perspective of, of prayer and how we should be thinking of prayer. Okay? Paul, in, 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 the, um, in 1 Thessalonians... Oops, what do I do with it here? I had it here. Uh, my, see, this is the problem. These, I can't see very well anymore and I have to put these glasses on and I have to have the bottle right up to my... Right up to my nose to be able to see what I'm doing here, <laughs> but as but as Paul but as Pastor Laurie did mention in here about um, as he mentioned in here about prayer, and he has said in here that that prayer, praying uh, praying consistently, praying all the time, and and one of the things that we do in prayer, and and, and so go to First Thessalonians, chapter five, verse seventeen to eighteen. First Thessalonians chapter five, seventeen to eighteen. Okay. This is what he says here. Never stop praying. This is Paul talking to the church of Thessalonica. He says, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Never stop praying. My brother Ben and I had a conversation the other day about this and, you know, about this prayer thing. Because sometimes these things bother him as well that he feels like he's just not doing enough in his busy life. And we talked about this the other day. And I said to him, and I said to him, I said, Ben, you know, I said, this same thing bothered me for years that, again, people were saying to me that I wasn't doing enough. I wasn't waking up at three o'clock in the morning to pray. I wasn't doing what Jesus, the Lord Jesus did. You know, the whole, what, what do, you know, what's the, what would Jesus do movement that started? And it wasn't, and I wasn't doing that. And it bothered me. What would Jesus do? Well, Jesus, we know for a fact, got up every morning before the crack of dawn, probably like very early, like probably two, three in the morning and then prayed until the sun came up. And I, and I, and it bothered me that I didn't do that. Like, I'm not doing that. I, I, I would say to people, I'm, I'm not doing that. And it bothers me because I'm not really a follower of Jesus Christ because I'm not doing what people are telling me to do. So I had said to my brother Ben, I said, but Ben, so Ben, so one of the things that Ben had gotten to me was this, was from Paul. And he said to me, but, but he said to me, but Matt, he said, but Paul is telling us to, to pray consistently, to pray without ceasing, never stop praying, he says. How do I do that, he said. How do I do that when my day is busy and I'm thinking about something else in my mind and I'm not even thinking about God at the moment? I'm not praying anymore, he says to me. How do I do this? And this is what I've learned from Paul. This is what I've, I've learned from this text, from 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 17 to 18. This is what I've learned. When Paul says you never stop praying, what he means by that is, is that you consistently, in your mind, you consistently always have God is present in your mind. Believe it or not, you don't you don't know this. You know what the Bible you know what the Bible also says, and I, I don't have it in front of me. I forgive me for this, 
But the Bible also mentioned it too, that, that, that when you pray, that the things that you don't know what you're asking for, God knows what you ask for. The Lord Jesus said, God knows what you're asking for, and therefore the things that are in your heart, the Lord Jesus said, will be answered. Okay, so sometimes we don't even, we don't even know what, what, much like, you know, Kathy Ireland said, I opened up this, this book, I had never read one before, I never had a clue what it was, and God will show you. And same with prayer. If you don't know how to pray, ask God to show you how to pray. Ask God. Ask God. Say, God, I don't know how to pray. I've never done it before. I don't know what to do here. And, say, and ask him, say, search my heart, God, for the things that you know that I need. And he will. He will do that. So a lot of times when there are things that we might pray for that we don't really need, but God knows what we need. Okay? So this is where I tell, I tell my brother, so for me, I said, it's like I'm always constantly in my mind and my heart is always praying to God all the time. And throughout the day for the little things, I go buy something and I see something. Maybe maybe I, I had seen, I seen an accident yesterday. Lord, please help them. Please help them. Or, or maybe something good happened. God, thank you. But always in your mind being present to know that God is your Father. Always being present to know that God is your source of all things. And as Paul says here, as he says here in, in, in this, be thankful in all circumstances. Being thankful for everything that you have. Always being thankful to God. Thanking Him. Loving Him. Being there for Him. That's what prayer, praying cons- consistently without ceasing means. Always just being there with the Lord. Always in communion with the Lord. And how are you always in communion with the Lord? Through Christ Jesus. <laughs> Guess what? It's as easy as that. You have, you have communion with God through Christ Jesus because guess what? The Lord Jesus Christ comes in your heart when you ask him to come in there. God now sees him. God is always in communion with his son. Always in communion with his son. Get that what I'm saying. Get what I'm saying to you. Get what I'm saying to you right now. The Lord Jesus is always in communion with his father. And when the Lord Jesus promises to come into your heart, when he promises to come into your life, guess what? He is now in you. You are now the Lord Jesus' expression um, you are, I, I am the Reverend Matt expression of Christ. He lives in me. When God looks at me, he doesn't see Matt, the Reverend Matt anymore. He sees Christ in me is what he sees living in my heart. He sees Christ in there is what he sees. It's what he sees. And as we talked about a few weeks ago, uh, last last Sunday, excuse me, last breakfast with the Rev about Paul and Romans and how he, he just felt miserable and how we all feel miserable about the things that we do. And we always continue for some reason, seem to always sin, do what we don't like to do. But when God looks at us, guess what? He sees his son and he sees nothing but a perfect person. There is no more, oh, I'm a wretched man. There's no more, I'm horrible. There's no more condemnation because God has now come to our lives through Christ who now takes all that away from us. Get what I'm saying here right now. Get what I'm saying. We have communion with Christ, and that means we have communion with the Father all the time when we ask Him to come into our life, and we are consistently in prayer with Him. As I said earlier, and with this verse, with this two verses in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 17 and 18, as Paul says, Be thankful. In all circumstance, for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. Be thankful. He's not sitting here saying to us, be wretched. He's not saying, get on your hands and knees and beg for my forgiveness or I'm going to knock you over the head with my judge's gavel. That is not who God is. That is not who God is. He's saying, be thankful in all things for those who belong to Christ Jesus. In other words, what I said it before and I will say it all the time. In other words, get up on your feet Get up on your feet, raise your head to heaven, 
Raise your arms up to God and thank him. Don't ask him to forgive you of things. I mean, that's, I mean you, you know, I'm not saying that that's, it's, it's there, it's implied. But don't be on your hands and knees, ask, you know, on your hands and knees in this horrible situation. Get up and thank God for the sins that he has saved you from. Thank God for saving you from your sin, both past, both present, and both future. That for those who believe in Christ Jesus, get this now, for those who believe in Christ Jesus, that ask him to come into their lives, they are saved forever. They never lose it. They belong to him. They are sealed with his number on their head. They are sealed with him. And get this, get this, your sins are forgiven forever, forever. So again, how do we pray consistently? We do it. We don't even know we're doing it because the Lord Jesus Christ who's in us has done it because he is in constant communion with his Father. That's how we do it. That's how we do it. So I want to quickly, if I can, before we get out of here for the day, I want to talk about two people in the Bible that prayed to God. And I want to talk about two very important men in the Bible. One is um, Abraham, and the other one is Moses. And one of the reasons why I'm bringing them up is to show you that God wants us to pray to Him. God is like our God is a father. Okay, He's He's a father to us. I mean, as a matter of fact, the Lord Jesus said in the Lord's Prayer, what did He say? What did the Lord Jesus say in the Lord's Prayer? Right? You know, He said, you know. Excuse me one minute. I just have to make sure that I get things up here because I want to make sure that I'm doing this all correctly here because that's how I am here. <laughs> but our Father who art in heaven, right? Right? That's what Paul says. I mean, excuse me. That's what we, that's what the Lord Jesus starts off with. Our Father who is art in heaven, right? I'm going to make sure I was, I was losing the uh, I was losing the podcast almost. <laughs> so sorry about that. Got a little distracted. What what do we say? What's the very first thing that we say? What's the very first thing the Lord taught us how to pray? He said, "Our Father." who art in heaven, right? Our Father, right? God wants that personal relationship with us. He wants that relationship of a Father, and He wants us to pray to Him. He wants us to come to Him for everything, for everything. I, I, I always joke about this little thing, and I don't, I don't mean this about, against anyone like that, but many, many years ago when I was a new, 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 new person of, of faith in Christ Jesus, I remember a church I was attending, there was a, a, a minister there, I guess you'd call him a deacon at that time, and you know, freshly out of seminary, doing like an internship at this church I was at. And one of the things, and I'll never forget what conversation I had before. I, I had a Bible study. It was a Wednesday night and there was a Bible study that I was going to go to. And I remember uh, talking to my dad and, and, um, at one point in time about something. And I remember saying that I, I was trying to find something for the Bible study I couldn't find. I think it was a, 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 a well, my Bible. No, or a, no, I'm sorry. No, a pen. It was a pen. I don't know why it was a pen that I, I loved and I couldn't find my pen. And I was just so upset about it. And I couldn't find I couldn't find his pen. I don't know why it bothered me. Maybe it was my OCD. I don't know. But I prayed. But I you know. But my dad said, "Well, pray to God about it. Pray to him about it. God will God will help you with even finding a simple pen. I mean, God can do all this. What makes you think that only God can only do the, the big things? God can do the small things too. But pray to Him in prayer because that's what He wants from you. He wants you to pray to Him. So I prayed and didn't find my pen. By the way, I found it later, but didn't find it at that particular moment. But I went to this Bible study. I remember I remember the group that night was was on prayer, and I remember mentioning about the conversation we had and I, I'll never forget it. Like I kind of, some people kind of scoffed at me like, Oh, you prayed to God about a pen? Like really seriously, you know? And I, and I, I didn't, what I was new to the faith at that I was new to the be new believer in Christ and it didn't bother me. I didn't, whatever. Maybe I felt, I kind of felt maybe I did something wrong. 
And I'll never forget the, at the end of the Bible study, the, 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 the person that was leading it, he was like the deacon that was leading it. He says, uh, during his prayer, he says, uh, Lord, thank you for all things and everything you give to us, Lord. And he says, um, and he says, hey, Lord, even though we, we really shouldn't come to you and bother you about a pen. <laughs> I'll never forget that. As a matter of fact, I just realized we didn't pray before. The, I didn't really, we didn't pray before the start of this series. <laughs> Here I am talking about prayer. And we didn't pray before the start of the series. Oh my goodness gracious. I was so excited just to get into this with you this morning. I totally forgot the most important part of our series prayer. Excuse me. Lord Jesus, we pray to you today, Lord Jesus, to please. We we thank you, Lord, for all that we have, Lord. Help, Lord, what I said and help what I continue to say will hopefully help people to read to that you reveal yourself through me to them. And hopefully, Lord, they'll come to know you as their Savior. I pray, Lord, thank you for all that we have. And thank you for the prayer and the power of prayer. In Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. <laughs> Sorry about that, folks. I I, uh, I, I forgot. Talking about prayer, and I forgot. Yay, yay, yay. So, uh, so uh, that was something that I, I will never forget that, that that happened. But guess what? I pray to God about everything. I lose something. I pray to God, help me find it. I, I do. So, so I, so you know, it didn't deter me, but I want to let you know, you can go to God for anything. He's your heavenly father. You can go to him for anything you want to go to God about. You can pray to him about anything. Nothing's too small and nothing's too large for the Lord, for God. And the reason why is because God is our father and he wants to be our father. So what I want to talk about with you was quickly was the fact that Moses, uh, I want to talk about Abraham and Moses. So let me just quickly read. I'm going to read real quickly here some passages real fast here from the Bible. Um, I don't know how much time we're going to have here, but I'm going to read some quick passages. So we're going to read here um, the um, um, Exodus chapter 32, starting at verse, um, I'm sorry, yeah, 32, starting at verse 7 to 14. And this is when Moses was on the mountain, and this is when uh, he was getting the Ten Commandments. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, get thee down, for thy people, which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. So this is the time where the, the uh, Moses was up in 40 days up in the mountains. The Israelites were below, and they thought that he was never going to come back. He was dead up there. And they begged Aaron and his sister Miriam, Moses' brother and sister Aaron and Miriam, too, uh, or really Aaron, because he was the high priest, they begged him to help them form uh, um, some kind of idol so they can worship them because they just thought that was, it was uh, even after everything they saw and after everything that happened, they still just didn't get it. So they were down there now, created these idols and created these things. Now they're down there just doing all kind of stuff. They're just all kind of stuff. And the Lord says, to continues to Moses, they have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, these be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt. And the Lord said unto Moses, I have seen this people, and behold it, it is a stiff-necked people. Now therefore let me alone, that my wrath may wax hot against them, and that I may consume them, and I will make of thee a great nation. And Moses besought the Lord his God, and said, Lord, why doth thy wrath wax hot against thy people, which thou hast brought forth out of the land of Egypt, with great power and with a mighty hand? Wherefore should the Egyptians speak and say, For mischief did he bring them out, to slay them in the mountains, and to consume them from the face of the earth? Turn from thy fierce wrath, and repent of this evil against thy people. Remember Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, thy servants, to whom thou swearest by thine own self, and said unto them, I will multiply your seed as the stars of heaven, and all this land that I have spoken of will I give unto your seed, and they shall inherit it forever." And the Lord repented of the evil which brought them, which, which He thought to do unto them, to do unto unto His people. So Moses is on the mountain, 
people go down and doing all kind of wicked things. The Lord says to Moses, get thyself, you know, get thyself out. As a matter of fact, Moses, you know what? I'm going to destroy them all down there, and I'm going to start with you with the new people, and I'm going to have a new people for you, Moses. I'm going to wipe them all out, all gone, because they have desecrated themselves. They have, they're worshiping other gods, and they're saying that other gods led them out of Egypt. And I'm, that's it. I'm done with them, Moses. And Moses prays. Believe it or not, Moses prays. People think... People are under the impression a lot of times that like Moses or Abraham and like Adam, like they actually like they talked with God. I mean, we know that in the beginning, um, Adam and Eve walked with God, but people are always under the impression that these earlier figures in the Bible also walked with God or saw Him. And that's not true. They did not. They did not see Him. This is all actually through prayer. This is through prayer, and Moses is praying to God, saying to Him, "Please, Lord, remember the promise that You made through Abraham. You know, remember the prayer You made through them." He says that you would make a great nation of them. Lord, please repent of this evil that you tend to do to the people. Moses is praying to God fervently, begging God to please not destroy the people, is what Moses is doing here, okay? All right? Now I want to turn real quickly to another real quick one here as well, and I want to go to, I want to read in here, the passage here of when, now this is going back to an Abraham now, and this is when the Lord had come to Abraham and was talking to him, um, at the tent, and if you read this, this is chapter Genesis chapter eighteen, starting at verse twenty and going down to verse thirty-three, and the angels and the angel of the Lord, who and the angel of the Lord came to him, which I believe that the angel of the Lord spoke in the Bible is a manifestation is Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ always was. If you read if you read John, the book of John, uh, the um, Gospel of John, it says that Jesus always was. So I believe when the Bible talks about the angel of the Lord, it's talking about Jesus Christ. And the angel of the Lord went to Moses. I went to excuse me. Went to Abraham, with two other angels, and was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And he tells him this. So this is what this is what happens here. And this is really interesting because this really talks about prayer. And the Lord said, because because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous, and, he, and basically saying he's going to destroy them is what he's going to say. He says, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to this cry of it which is coming to me, and if not, I will know. And the men turned their faces from thence and went towards Sodom, but Abraham stood yet before the Lord. So here's Abraham is still before God. The two men, the two angels, they call them men, they're the ones that are going to go down to Sodom. And later you're going to find out later, not today, but you're going to find out that they go down there. And we, we talked about this before. We talked about Lot in, in my Why Do I Believe the Bible is a Real series and what happens with Lot. So the two men are going, but, Ab but, yet but yet Abraham is now still with the Lord, the angel of the Lord. And Abraham drew near and said, now, this is, now here's Abraham, now he's praying. It's, again, it's, he's praying. This is him praying to God. This is him be uh, uh, beckoning to the Lord. He says, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure there be fifty righteous within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee, shall not the judge of all earth do right? So, you know, here's Abraham saying to him, are you really, would you also wipe out the righteous with the wicked? Are you going to wipe out everybody out of there? I mean, is that really what you should, is that really what you, a righteous and God should do? Is that really right, what's, what's, what you're going to do here? And the Lord said, if I find in Sodom 50 righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, "Behold now, Abraham's getting a little dairy now. I have taken upon um, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which I am dust, but dust and ashes. Peradventure there shall lack five of the fifty righteous, 
Wilt thou destroy all the city for the lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty-five, I will not destroy it. And then Abraham spoke again unto him yet again, and said, Peradventure, there shall be forty forty found. And he said, I will do it, I will not do it for forty sake. And he said unto him, O let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure, there shall be thirty be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it if I find thirty. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. And peradventure, there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry. And I will speak yet but once again. Peradventure, ten shall be found there. And he said, That I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he left the communion with Abraham. And Abraham returned to his place. Here, here is a pure example. Here is a pure example of prayer. Pure example of prayer is right here, that that the that Abraham is 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 now much like Moses is. I'm with the word I'm looking for here. I don't I don't want to use the word petition. I don't like to say it, but the Lord is is praying to God, and He's asking Him. Uh, yeah, excuse me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Sorry, sorry Lord. Benny. Abraham is praying uh, is praying to the Lord, and He's saying to Him, "Hey, you know, what if it was fifty people found there? You know, are you going? Would you Detroit? Would a righteous God do that?" No, for fifty. I will. Oh, okay. What if it's what if it's five? What if it's forty? No. How about thirty? No. How about twenty? No. How about ten? No. Of course, we know he goes down there and finds only uh, only really Lot is the only one really that is righteous, and so God takes uh, uh, saves Lot and his family. But the point of the matter is here is that both these men, Moses and Abraham, were praying to God. They were praying to God, and that's what they were. It was fervent prayer to God. That's what this was. They were praying to Him. It was this fervent prayer of them praying to God and basically, you know, coming to him and saying to him, Lord, would you do this for this much? Would you do it for this much? And, and begging him to please not destroy something. Now, again, in Moses' case, the Lord did not destroy the Israelites. He, the Lord said, go down there. And, you know, Lord said, I will not do this. And the, and, the, and the wickedness that I thought to do upon the people will not happen. And the Lord said, I'm not going to do it. So the Lord's anger subsided. And and Moses basically then the Ten Commandments were you know if you remember the story Moses goes down with Ten Commandments throws them on the golden calf, half the camp that that uh, that rebelled against God they fell in this pit and then that was the end of that <laughs> along with the golden calf, but God did not destroy the entire people and that was because Moses prayed to God please do not do this. Same thing goes here with prayer with also a prayer with with Abraham Abraham says but and Abraham was really thinking of his of his nephew Lot he knew he lived there. Would you do this for this? No, for this? No, for this? No. And Abraham kept on asking. And that is what the power of prayer is about. It's asking God for things. We might not get what we want right away. As Pastor Laura said in, in earlier what I read, we might not always get what we want. And therefore that discourages people from praying. But I promise you that, that, but I promise you that God will give you what you need. He knows what you need and he will give you that. Now, before we close, before we close, I want to quickly, if I can, I hope I can, I want to quickly go over we look at in the Lord's Prayer real quickly here. Okay, real fast. Hopefully I can do it in the time that we have. I don't know if we're going to be able to or not. But let's see. So, so you know what? As a matter of fact, you know what? As a matter of fact, I'm not going to do that. As a matter of fact, I think what we're going to do is we're going to actually next week, we're going to continue in this Breakfast of the Rev next week, and we're, and we're going to continue with prayer. And next week I want to talk about two things, because I promise you I was also going to talk to you about George Mueller as well. So what I'm going to do is for next week is I'm going to talk to you next week about how the Lord t- teaches us to pray. The, the Lord's Prayer, we say it a lot, right? 
we say the Lord's Prayer, we actually we use that, all of us do, no matter what religion, what denomination you are, we all, t- excuse me, ooh, excuse me, heartburn, <laughs> good breakfast. We all say the Lord's Prayer, and, and it's something that we do say, and we pretty much say it the same way. It's what the Lord taught us how to pray. But the Lord's Prayer was something that, that God, the Lord Jesus was teaching us that this is how you should pray, not necessarily saying this is what you should be reciting all the time, Okay. So it was more of the Lord Jesus saying to us, look, if this he was teaching them, if you're going to pray, this is how you should pray. And he, by line by line, he said, these are the things that you should be asking for. So next week, I think we're going to continue this series next week with the Lord, with uh, how we should pray and continue with prayer and continue with the Lord's Prayer. I think that might be something that I want to do next week. I don't have the time for it this week, unfortunately. And I also want to talk about George Mueller. As I mentioned to you all, George Mueller was a man who had orphanages, and, and during this time frame, uh, George Mueller was, um, as a matter of fact, um, he was a man who, who actually, who actually um, documented, uh, documented his prayer life to show the world that there was a reason why he, um, you know, there was a reason why he was able to be so, so successful in the things that he had. And there was a reason for that. Um, and so, so, you know, so again, it was, you know, it was uh, George Mueller. George Mueller was basically... Oh, i got to get my glasses back on because, again, I can't... Ugh, I can't see without them. George Mueller was basically... He was born September of 1805, and he died in 1898. He had a pretty good life. Pretty good life, huh? Uh, he, was, he was a Christian evangelist, and he was the director of the Ashley Down Orphanage in Bristol, England. Okay? So he was... Um, so George Mueller... And again, as I mentioned earlier, George Mueller... He was basically someone he, he had he had these, these orphanages and he was basically the bottom line was that was that um George George Mueller really he had a couple of or- orphanages and it really says in here some of the things it says that many times George Mueller received unsolicited food donations only hours before they were needed to feed the children, further strengthening his faith in God. Mueller was in constant prayer that God touched the hearts of donors to make provisions for the orphanage. For example, on one well-documented occasion, thanks was given for breakfast when all the children were sitting at the table, even though there was nothing to eat in the house. As they finished praying, the baker knocked on the door with sufficient bread to feed everyone, and the milkman gave them plenty of fresh milk because his cart broke down in front of the orphanage. This is like, this is crazy, right? This is crazy. Um, In his autobiography, again, I want to just give you a glimpse of what we're going to talk about. In 1842, George Mueller wrote, A brother in the Lord came to me this morning, and after a few minutes of conversation, gave me 2,000 pounds for finishing the new orphanage, the new orphan house, excuse me. Now I am able to meet all the expenses. In all probability, I will even have several hundred pounds more than I need. The Lord not only gives us as much as is abundantly necessary for his work, but he gives us abundantly. This blessing filled me with inexplicable delight. He had given me the full answer to my thousands of prayers during the past. So, you know, it says... Mueller never sought donations from specific individuals and relied on the almighty God for all his needs. And, and, he, and, he, and guess what? That wasn't, that wasn't the only time. There was many times where his needs were met, where, they, where there were things they were looking to build. They were looking to uh, expand the orphanages. And, and Jude Mueller never went out for anything. It was somehow it ended up in his lap. Somehow a wealthy donor just gave the money to help out. Now, some people might say, okay, well, that happens. Yeah, people hear these things. Well, okay, let's keep in mind. This is 1800s, okay? Keep in mind, social media wasn't going on back then, okay? It wasn't like there was somebody who was able to put something out on social media and say, hey, George Mueller's orphanage, they have nothing to eat, help them out. None of that was happening back then. Keep in mind that George Mueller did not solicit donations. He prayed, 
and all the needs were always met for his wants. That's just outstanding, outstanding. So we're going to talk about that next week. So next week we're going to talk about next breakfast or brunch with the Rev. We're going to talk about the Lord's Prayer, how we should pray, and what the Lord tells us about that. And also not just reciting of this prayer, but talking about what we should be thinking about. And then we're going to talk about a little bit about George Mueller, a little bit more about him as well. So I want to thank everyone for joining me in closing. Um, before we pray and we, and, we, and we end for the day, I just want to say thank you. I want to remember everyone out there again, just remember, a simple, you know, waking up in the morning, you're laying in bed, and you have nothing that you, that five minutes you might be laying in bed, or 15 minutes you're laying in bed, you wake up in the morning before you want to get up and start your day. Pray to God. I'll tell you something right now. I pray to God and I say, God, do with me as you will today. Do whatever you want to me today. Whatever your will is, just do it. I'm here for you, Lord. Just do it. And my day, in my days, you know, God, the Lord blesses me. As Kathy Ireland has said in her thing, on the days that I don't pray, look out, because I'm in trouble. And I do believe that. I believe in the days that I pray to the Lord and I start my day off in prayer with the Lord, I believe that my day, I believe the Lord answers my prayer, and at least in one thing that He in my heart, that he helps me get through the day, that he helps me get through life. That's the definite, I feel, for me. So if you're laying there for a little while, pray to God, pray to him, pray to the Lord, just pray, lay there and just say, Lord, thank you for everything. Thank you, Lord, for just being there for us. Thank you for my job. Thank you for my family, my children, my wife, our home, all the things that you bless us with. Thank you for my friends and my and, and our loved ones. Thank you for family. Just thank you, Lord, for all things that you have, Lord. Thank you for Christ. Thank you for our Lord Jesus Christ who died for our sins. Anyone can pray. I promise you it's not that hard. All you got to do is just talk. All you got to do is just talk. And you don't necessarily have to talk with your mouth like I'm doing now. You can talk in your mind to God. He hears you. God knows all things. He built the mind. He knows how to read it. Okay? Got news for you. He can read your mind. Yep, he's not Santa Claus, but he can read your mind. Okay? (laughs) Santa Claus cannot. All right? The Lord God can. The Lord has that power. He built your mind. He built the brain. He can read it. Okay? So I promise you, you don't have to sit there and get loud and on your hands and knees and screaming and all. You can lay there and you can pray to the Lord. Okay, my advice, and what I do, just so you know, my advice, you can do, you don't have to. Again, I just read, I read, I read the, throughout the week, some points, time, read the scripture. In the morning, I just pray real quick to the Lord, thank you for what I have, and before I go to bed, and I thank God for what I have, before I go to bed at night. It's all you have to do. Nothing crazy, nothing outstanding. It's all you have to do. So, I want to say to everyone, thank you for listening today. Thank you so much for, for just having your patience with me. Thank you for understanding that I'm not perfect and that I forgot to pray when I'm teaching about prayer, when we're talking about prayer and how important it is that I forgot to pray. But I want to thank you that you all are listening to me. I want to thank you for your forgiveness of that <laughs> because I know the Lord forgive me already for that. And I just want to, and I want to say to anyone out there that is new to this, that maybe listens for the first time, welcome, welcome. I hope that you truly enjoy this um, this podcast, I, I hope that you have. I hope that people out there are enjoying this. Please, um, you know, if you know, let me know if, if you're not. <laughs> you know, give me feedback. Please give me some feedback. Uh, any kind of feedback would be wonderful. I'll take any kind of feedback. We have um, the um, I gotta I gotta find it here because I actually I actually did. Um, well, I guess I don't have it on here, do I? No, I don't have it on here. I thought I had it on here, but I did I did actually do a new. Um, I did do a new email, but I guess I don't have it on yet. But again, if you want to email me, B-R-I-T-T-G-A-R-R at 2002-2002 at yahoo.com. If you have any comments or anything you want to say to me, please let me know. I'm gonna, I will get the new email out there. Mine also, 
We're on Facebook, so those of you that know who are on Facebook, listen to us, you know, any comments, message me. Any comments at all, please you know, put them on the Facebook page. That might be the best place to really go. And, uh, and, and, and I, I welcome you, and I thank you. And again, again, the Lord Jesus Christ died for our sins. The Lord Jesus Christ is all there is. There's nothing else. He is it. If you have a fervency to, to pray to him, if you have a fervency that, that you maybe don't know yet what will happen when, when, when you die, if you don't know yet what will happen if the time came today, where you will be, pray to the Lord. Again, just pray. It's, it's simple as saying, Lord, I've never prayed to you before. Please help me, Lord, to understand how to pray. Please help me, Lord, to be able to convey, Lord, what it is. And Lord, you know what the Lord will say to you? He'll say, you don't have to worry about it because I already know what's in your heart. And I'll reveal myself to you if you truly want me to. You, if you truly want me to, the Lord says, I'll reveal myself to you. There's nothing better than this. There's nothing better than God. <laughs> the reason why the reason why I this podcast is because I want to share the good news of Jesus Christ. How horrible of me would it be that if I have something so good that I know is so wonderful that I hid it and kept it quiet? This is the reason why I'm out here. This is the reason why I'm doing what I do. I want to share this with people. I want my friends and my family. I want people to know that Christ is King, that the Lord Jesus Christ is everything. We live on this earth 80, 90 years if we're lucky. If we're lucky, shorter for some. But we have an eternity with God the Father in heaven. Eternity. Understand what that means, eternity. It means forever. It means forever. Get it? Forever. The question is, do you want forever in a hole in the ground with no existence, no nothing? Or do you want forever with, in, in, with Christ in heaven and being joyful and happy? Let us pray. Lord, thank you today, Lord, for this wonderful, wonderful Sunday, May 2nd. We're in May 2nd already, Lord. Thank you. Lord, we, we ask you, Lord, please, Lord, through a series of things, Lord, please, we beg of you, Father, to please, Lord, please deliver us from this virus that we've been dealing with for, for the last year and a half. Please, Lord, deliver us from all of this, Lord. For people want to get out there, they want to fellowship, they want to be together, they want to be loving again with each other. Lord, please deliver us from this, Lord, for only you are the great physician. Only you, dear God, can wipe away this this horrible, horrible virus that's happening right now. We pray of you, Lord, please, Lord, please. Lord, search my heart. Search the heart of my friends here. Search the heart of those that we love. Search the heart of us praying to you, Lord, and to know, Lord, what it is that we need. Search our hearts, dear Father. Dear God, Abba, Abba, Father. Search our hearts, Lord. Please, Lord. And, and, and give us what we need, Lord, for what you know what we need. Not what we desire, not what we lust for. But Lord, give us, Lord, what our hearts desire in our hearts, Lord, we pray. We pray this today, Lord Jesus, in your wonderful and precious name. Guide us this week, help us this week, and we pray to, to, to bless us and keep us in your wonderful, in, 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 in your love and, and your protective hands. In Christ Jesus, we pray, for be thy will. Amen. All right, folks, well, I took up a, an hour of your morning, and I hope that you enjoyed it. I hope that uh, there's, there's something in there for you in, in what I've talked about today. Um, bless you and keep you, and, and may God bless you and keep you, Lord, and may, his fa- and may his face shine upon you. And may you just have a wonderful and lovely week, Lord, and uh, a f- uh, lovely week through the Lord. Pray to him. Ask him to give you, a, ask him for a wonderful week. Ask him to, to do with you what he will. His will be done. So next week we'll talk more about that. We'll talk about the Lord's Prayer 
and we'll talk about George Mueller. And hopefully by the end of this week, I'll have the rest another series of the why I believe the Bible is real and talking about the apostles. So God bless you all. Have a wonderful week. Thank you for joining me. Bye now.